Look, we all know medicine's complicated. There's loads of moving parts. There's things that can go wrong, all of that. But what happens when you try and perform the same complicated tasks of caring for patients, particularly those in the need of emergency assistance, when you're mid-flight in the sky? Aviation medicine takes a special kind of physician and some interesting technology to make it effective. And with me today is Dr. Simon May from Flight Care Global as he talks all things related to healthy air travel, technology, and loads more. Let's make it happen, Team Health Tech. Welcome to Talking Health Tech with Peter Birch, a podcast featuring conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. With me today is Simon May. He's a specialist physician in aviation medicine, having initially trained in paediatrics, intensive care, and anesthesia, with a particular interest in aeromedical work. He's been involved in assistance medicine with International SOS, and for the last decade has held medical management roles at Qantas, Virgin, and Qatar Airways. He's a managing director and chief medical advisor at Flight Care Global, who are helping manage medical events pre-flight, in-flight, and on the ground. Hey, Simon, how are you going? Well, thanks, Pete. Thanks for having me on. Excellent. Thanks for joining. And we've not, I'm excited because we've not talked about anything aviation on the show before. It's such an interesting area and it's one that we can cover all types of different topics linked to it. So thank you for making the time. Set the scene firstly. Tell us a bit more about yourself, mate. Who's Dr. Simon May? So like you said in your introduction, Pete, I initially trained um, in pediatric intensive care. So did a lot of intensive care, anesthesia, and eventually developed an, an interest in um, medical transport work. Got right to the very end of my training, um, did a couple of locum consultant jobs and decided actually at the end of the day, this probably wasn't for me. So decided to look a bit more into the aviation side of things, did a bit of private flying myself, did a couple of courses in aviation medicine, and then, as you say, somehow managed to get into the airlines. And that's where it all started, really. Hey, nice one. And so you're in the airlines for 10 years or so, and then now Flight Care Global. Fill that gap for us. What's been that journey? So Flight Care Global is really the, the product of the last decade of looking around health events related to flight and how they're currently managed and how you could potentially do it better. So what we've developed is um, a technology-based medical support platform for aviation. And like you said, again, in your introduction, we can manage events that occur before a flight. So is a passenger fit to take the flight? during a flight if a passenger gets sick during the flight or after the flight so that, that's particularly relevant to crew so when crew are away from their home base staying away in a foreign country for example or a different city uh, if they get unwell then they might need support as well uh, and our technology basically encompasses two parts so it's our customer user interfaces which can manage those three stages if you like or those three stages of medical event and then what we call our command center which is really our virtual call center and that basically integrates all the information that we're getting in from the customer, from the uh, person who's having the medical event with a load of triage, risk management, and hopefully comes up with some answers for them. And it, uh, that kind of sits between the customer, if you like, and um, some fully trained physicians, clinicians who are also trained in aviation medicine who can step in should the situation be getting serious. Cool. And so it's technology and it's between a few stakeholders there. Is it an app? Is it a portal? Like, What is the thing? For in-flight, we prefer the use of an app. Now, many aircraft now have fairly good Wi-Fi on board, so we find that it's best to use an app during the flight. And even if the connectivity drops out, we can still record information and actually provide, for some conditions, we can actually provide some advice there and then. Of course, if the aircraft isn't connected, uh, then we can still do it traditionally, so someone can actually pick up the phone, and then we run the call the same through our command center as the same as it will be run through the app. 
So the same triage happens, the same risk management happens. It's just you're talking to someone rather than interacting via the app or via text. Yeah, cool. And so it sounds like you've got staff, when you say the command centers, it's a mix of technology and people that you provide? Yeah, absolutely. At the minute, you know, we're looking at being able to manage some of the simple stuff through the technology. When it's getting more complicated or there's more operational disruption happening, you're probably going to need a human to intervene. Uh, And we've spent a lot of time developing training, which is aviation specific uh, for our our medical platform staff. Uh, So everyone is trained, not only in the differences of aviation medicine, but also in the commercial aspects of some of the decisions that they make as well. So what could be the uh, commercial outcome if you have an aeroplane on the ground unexpectedly? And what what are the repercussions from that? Because that's important for people to understand as well. Interesting. So who's the customer? Who's buying what you're like? Who are you marketing? There's really two levels of customers. So we all know airlines, commercial aviation. So, you know, scheduled airlines, charter airlines carry lots of passengers. And, and that's where the bulk of traditionally where the bulk of the cases have been. And then the other area of the market is what we call private aviation. So that's business jets. Corporations might have jets to carry their executives around, high net worth individuals, government and head of state fleet. So VVIP operations as well. Oh, very cool. The way we sell into both markets is quite different. And the risk in both markets is quite different. And so how common are these medical events? So say when we're talking about medical events that happen in flight, is it actually that common that it would happen? Actually, surprisingly, so a bit of Australian data from a couple of years ago found that probably one in every 40 flights had some kind of medical event related to the flight. And then one in every 150 flights, you could classify that as an emergency. So maybe something needed from a medical kit that's on board the aircraft or needing to contact the ground for advice. If you look at business aviation, much less common, but actually crew issues on the ground are fairly common in business aviation. I see, I see. And when you think about when, you know, things are back to normal in terms of flights, one in every 150, that there's quite a few flights that take off out of Sydney Airport, I know. So across a, at a grander scale, that's pretty significant. How would they manage it normally if they didn't have something like you guys? There's kind of three ways that it can be managed. The first is that all cabin crew are trained in aviation first aid. And it's actually their initial training is actually fairly lengthy. That's actually fairly detailed. Um, so they're trained in, in various common things that happen on flight. And, and, I, and often the cabin crew alone are enough to manage, you know, kind of minor things. And they're used to it. And as they get more experienced, they get used to managing. So simple things like fainting, uh, which happens frequently on board aircraft. Uh, experienced cabin crew are usually okay to manage that on their own. And they're usually pretty good at picking up when something more needs doing. So that's the first thing. So cabin crew trained and that training is regulated. The second thing will be the old um, medically qualified personnel on board the aircraft. So you're relying on other passengers who may or may not have a medical qualification to uh, lend assistance. And, and then the third thing is this thing called ground-based medical support. Um, so ground-based medical support is where you have the ability to um, make contact from the aircraft to a medical professional on the ground who can provide uh, direction to the crew and um, decision support to the crew around what to do with a sick patient. And there's a couple of people around the world that provide that ground-based medical support, mainly done over um, satellite communication at the minute or radio, but increasingly people are looking at technology in this space as we are. Yeah, okay. And so you're looking at then essentially as being a better solution to all of those, or at least an adjunct to some of those ways to handle those situations? Yeah, what we're doing is we're putting an extensive technology between the the, um, the people on board the aircraft or the people on the ground and the experts at the back end. Uh, so we're putting an extensive amount of technology. So we hope to have more streamlined data transfer, more informed risk management, and ultimately less manual input. I'll give you an example there, Pete. So if you're calling up from an aircraft, you have to say what aircraft you're calling from, where you've left from, where you're going to, what your position is. Now, 
our system, you give them the flight number and immediately we know where you are, uh, where you're going to, where you come from. And in fact, even some of our customers authenticate themselves by QR code. So if we sell to one private jet, for example, they just scan the, our QR code. We know that they're on that jet and we can then find out where that jet is instantaneously. Oh, that's cool. See, I just assumed that the, with the existing technology, they'd know exactly where they were when they when you call up with the medical emergency. But it sounds like there's a lot of inefficiencies that would, ex- would exist in a situation that you definitely don't need inefficiencies and clunkiness. So that's that's, that's exactly right. Interesting. I'm always interested. The medically trained personnel, that was one of the scenarios and how it can also be managed having a medical event on a plane. Does that happen? If I was a doctor, I'm definitely not a medical person, but you'd kind of be like, well, you're always on if you're a doctor. And then if you're going to be called and you're, you know, you need to sort out an issue if someone's sick, you know, you hear on the movies and they call out, is someone a doctor on the plane? Does that actually happen? And is that helpful? Not when I'm on the plane, because I find that earplugs are a good cure for that. (laughs) (laughs) Then let me tell you, there's kind of two parts to this. Um, The the first part is uh, how comfortable the doctor might be or how trained the doctor might be to manage the situation on board an aircraft. So, um, you know, not all doctors are doctors. You've got, you know, from if you're lucky, you might get an emergency physician. If you're really unlucky, you might get a, you know, a psychiatrist or someone like me that's been out of full time clinical practice for quite a number of years. (laughs) Um, So that's the first thing. But I should say, actually, even when I was fairly used to managing sick patients on board aircraft, so when I was doing a lot of aeromedical retrieval work with the skills you know advanced airway skills resuscitation skills and things like that the last place i wanted something to go wrong was when i had a patient on board an aircraft so even experienced people are uncomfortable in that environment so i think that's important to say and then the second part of that is the doctors or the medically qualified people on board the aircraft have often got competing interests so they're going to their conference in hawaii and they want to get there because they've got a dinner tonight or They've got, um, or they actually say, I'm really out of my comfort zone. Let's just get this aircraft on the ground because I'm not comfortable with this. And, and, you know, the data over the years has said that the latter is probably most often the case, that the doctors get uncomfortable. So if if an onboard doctor is managing an event, the aircraft is actually far more likely to end up on the ground, potentially unnecessarily. Yeah, right. So in those situations where an onboard doctor wouldn't necessarily be managing the entire event, your technology can help with that through the support that you provide. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's always a role for, for, for onboard medically qualified people. Absolutely. I don't think they should be making decisions about management, diversion, things like that. But certainly, they can be the eyes and ears of, uh, of our products. So, you know, if we have someone that we think is getting unwell, we can ask the crew to page for a doctor to assess the person as well for us, and actually, actually then have a conversation with them. Uh, what do you think is going on here? Well, yeah, this guy's got chest pain, he could be having a heart attack. Well, thanks for that information. Now we'll make the decisions about what happens to the aircraft. Does it continue to destination? Does it divert? Yeah, that makes sense. More recently, say the past 12 months or so, obviously COVID would have had an impact on you in some way, given there weren't too many planes in the sky. How did the pandemic affect you guys? It's interesting. So obviously all our customers have had their businesses decimated uh, over the last 12 months, but it has really focused everyone's mind on um, health and aviation. So a couple of big US airlines that haven't had in-house doctors for years have started recruiting you know, you know, doctors at, at sea level again because they realize there's a great need for health advice. The second thing is it actually allowed us to just sit back and actually start working on our technology and spending a lot of time uh, actually developing technology and mapping out how we wanted our technology to look. Uh, So I I think in a way, the pandemic probably slowed down our rollout, but it actually probably made our technology better. 
Yeah. Okay. Oh, excellent. And well, it's good to be able to have that breathing space to be able to then work on some of those key features to, like you say, make things better. In terms of then, you know, we've talked a little bit about the comms, just back to the technology for a second. We've talked a little about that, the comms that you provide and there's some guidance, potentially some decision support. What would you say are some of the key kind of elements of the technology that really make you guys stand out above the alternative solutions that are available? So the first thing is this, what we call our assessment engine. So for, for common things that happen commonly on flight, constantly working on the algorithms there to, to allow our system to provide simple decision support to the crew without the need for input from the ground. That will develop as more people use our system. and As we do more R&D, we'll hopefully get more stuff managed via that assessment engine. So, so that's the first thing. The, the second thing is really our, our integration of lots of global information. There's loads of global information out there now. So flight positioning, you can, unless the flight's covert, you can generally find where a flight is, its position, you know, where's the nearest potential air, uh, airport to go to if you need to get this aircraft on the ground. And actually, what are the facilities like there? So we can risk manage that. Um, and also we can find out what the number is to ring for an ambulance to come and meet the aircraft. So everything's in front of you via our command center. And then the third thing is, is the transparency of transfer of information to our customers. So we give customers access to uh, our command center via a portal. So if a customer, for example, an airline customer has a medical event happening on one of their airplanes, someone from the airline can log in and actually see what's happening. And they can see the conversation between the aircraft uh, and the ground. And indeed, if there's an ops control center or something who might have an input into the decision maker, they can put their input in as well. Oh, I love it. Interesting. I've not heard of that extra kind of visibility at the op center level. So that's fascinating. It would solve some problems. Things are starting to slowly talk about getting back to normal with COVID and flights back in the air. What's on the horizon? What's the future look like for Flatcare Global? What are you guys focusing on? The kind of next six months is really refining our product operationally. We've got a couple of key appointments which will be announced in the next couple of months uh, and a couple of key customers that we're going to announce as well. But really, as flying increases, what we want our customers to do is to use our technology as much as they can so we can feed that back into our R&D and really, uh, really refine how we manage through that assessment engine. Great. And lastly, then, how would people get in touch with you if they wanted to find out some more? So they can either email me, info at flightcareglobal.com, or they can uh, get me through LinkedIn. Perfect. Well, I'll put some information about Flight Care Global on the website uh, for Talking Health Tech and in the show notes of this episode for those listening on the podcast players. So check it out if you want to check out some more information about Flight Care Global. Um, look, Simon, thank you so much for your time and good luck with everything in 2021. Thanks a lot, Pete. Thanks for listening to the show. Check out talkinghealthtech.com to connect with other people in our community and to learn more about the Australian health tech industry. Also, make sure you hit subscribe on your favourite podcast player so you don't miss an episode and share this episode with a few people who need to hear it. Now go make it happen.